0: perfect for a moment to unwind. And so when you wanna hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. In
1: 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He is turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu from Blue Wire Podcasts.
2: Hi, this is Ruben the cheek
0: I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. That's right. uh, Coming at you, bringing a little festive cheer with this one. As always, your host, Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan. Dan, it's got to be one of your favorite episodes. It is a mailbag episode doubled up with Christmas. Anytime we get listeners from the questions, this is funny because you never know what to expect.
1: It is exactly like gift giving right now. You know, some of them are... Socks. Some of them are amazing. Buy it for life type items that you're always going to carry with you because the question is so profound and everything in between. Nick, so we really we cover the gamut here. Chelsea related, non Chelsea related, personal and and intimate. Some that are that's right. just about that's right. Arsenal and you know everything in between. So we got to cover. We got a smorgasbord of questions ready to go.
2: Whereas on the last podcast, I said that Louis Beneventi had the had the tweet of the day uh, by saying if you uh, watch Jose Bazingua at right back under Andre, Andre Villas-Boas, you don't need to worry about what's in the vaccine. It was only slightly topped yesterday by if you support Arsenal, you don't need to worry about what's in the vaccine. It's 100% correct. I mean, the emotional damage that that club has done on that fan base is... Um, something that I wish there was a vaccine for but frankly those people are going to have to live with it a little longer I think so
0: it is actually uh hard to fathom especially I remember the invincibles uh that ship has sailed a long long time ago and here you're showing your age brandon you're showing your age showing my early fandom uh so anyways you know just a quick table check on them too uh they're in 15th but they could still go further down as this as this goes so anyways we're recording on the 20th of december uh just want to get ahead of this so you know it's it's recording content for the future so you guys can enjoy it and we can enjoy our holidays uh and i think this will probably tie into a little bit of what comes out of this episode You, you you guys have asked about what we do and how we balance this stuff well this is part of it you take advantage record for two three hours on a sunday package them up ship them out and throughout the week and and make it work so um out of the beginning, one Millhouse from Discord saying, "How y'all doing? Hope y'all are doing well, Nick. That big old grin on your face, playing Santa last night. You're doing great."
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, it's uh, context. <laughs> yeah, every besides everything being awful, it's great, and um, you know, I think that's it's kind of how we are. It's great to get a, "How are y'all doing?" We know Millhouse is from the south, so a y'all in an appropriate context, that's good. That, that makes me smile. Also, Millhouse, if you could send up any sort of Southern biscuit for breakfast type of thing, that would be tremendous because <laughs> the South does nothing better than than biscuits in my opinion. And I know Dan is a biscuit enthusiast as well, so we will we'll
1: I, take him. I am indeed. And I think that actually Bojangles, which is you can only get in certain parts of the South. Like if you go into Florida, you've gone too far. It's a, it's a Georgia and northward thing has one of the best type of fast food items. Their Cajun Filet Biscuit. Whew. That's good. Ooh. It's good.
2: Yes. Not right. the point of
0: this question at all. We're we're, th- we're doing okay. <laughs> we're, we're now about to like have to open a P.O. box in all three of our addresses so
2: people <laughs> ship stuff to us. Like is that the level we're going? YouTube unboxings? Oh, yes. Of uh, biscuits? Are you kidding me? I would do that all day. Let's go. I don't care uh, if they're cold. All right. Hey, hard pivot off biscuits to Adi Joseph, <laughs> a former guest
0: and friend. He uh, says, Chelsea, question. Do you think Cho over the next two to three seasons will, A, accept the role as a third winger, B, push Pulisic Ziyech for the full health starting role, or C, need to be loaned or sold?
2: I mean. Adi's been asking me some hard questions recently <laughs> that I don't have answers to. Um God, man, you just hope it's B, don't you? I mean, you you really hope. When you talk about uh, strength and depth, Dan, uh, I think we we were talking about this the other day, which is, are Chelsea a deep squad? Or are there just, is it what seems to be a deep squad? How you get to be a deep squad, how you get to be a Bayern Munich or a you know, Barcelona and their pomp or a Juventus or, you know, any of these clubs is you have guys who every week feel like they should, that that they are aggrieved because they are not starting because they've done everything they can to push the, the starting 11. Um, I don't know if Chelsea have that right now, although I would love to see this. So
1: it will be interesting. Oh, go ahead, Brandon.
2: Well, no, I was going to say, part of that success,
0: though, story, Nick, is be a big team in a one-team league. <laughs> Bayern, Juve, they're I able to help. Fall. Chelsea used to have it. Chelsea used to have depth all over the well, place. Well, I just mean, like I think of like Bayern specifically, and even Juve, if there's like a really good player from an opposition team in the league, they can just snap it up, pretty much like without competition. Here, there is a little bit more competition. Obviously, yes. I was just laughing. It's like, I feel like those teams have an advantage that we don't like. Bayern can go get Lewandowski from Dortmund for like 20000000 million. You're like, okay, that's cheating. But yeah. all things considered, absolutely. That is the type of squad, at least makeup, right? Squad makeup of depth where you've got two, three players in every spot. Um, but anyways, you, you were going to say?
1: I think it's going to come down to a couple of things. It's taking his shots and opportunities when they come up. You know, that we have seen this season, right, that not we do not have a team of people with healthy hamstrings, it seems, or people who can keep them healthy for an extended period of time. So if we think about Pulisic, if we think about Ziyech, there's going to be opportunities for Callum throughout the remainder of this year. I mean, even, you know, insofar as like next week or through the rest of this fixed uh, festive fixture list. Where we might give him the opportunity to start a Premier League match and do so, maybe even on the left to spell like a Timo Werner or Timo goes centrally. So he's going to get chances as to whether or not he capitalizes on them. You know, I think if we kind of just talk about like how he's performed, like, you know, this, this season, right? He's uh, played in 12 matches. He's had six starts. He's only played 600 minutes. He's got three goals to his name. Last season, plays 33 matches, uh, starts in 13 of those, 1,500 minutes, three goals, six assists. So, I mean, ultimately, it, it's going to come down to, you know, things, and, and look, that was a recovery season as well, so we got to keep that in mind. But ultimately, it's how can he integrate himself? How can he show up when he gets his chances? And if he can, when someone's injured, you know, I think at least with Frank here, we have determined that If someone does ride a hot run of form, they can stay in the starting lineup for an extended period of time. If he is not able to develop a consistency, that's where he does kind of move to, I think, a second, third choice option on the depth chart. And that's where Nick, I think, ultimately, he'll find himself in a position where he may look elsewhere if he wants to be a starter. This is the question we have with like. Matt Law was talking about, and this is a a sneaky preview for our Matt Law end of the year special. But we talked about squad construction and how Chelsea for 2020, one of the th- 2021, one of the things they have to do is figure out this type of situation because Callum isn't the only one. There's going to be a lot of youth players coming up through where we have used them as a squad player who wants to start, and that's going to cause a little bit of a logjam.
2: All right,
0: so A B and C, Dan, cool. <laughs> Just gonna going to take everything you have i'm going to wrap it into each other and say
2: all of the it above
0: up. it's all right hey he's got a recipe all right he's baking um very non-chelsea related um what everyone full-time job and then Adi even said like how do you guys work during the champions league knockout matches so i guess full-time jobs that's an that's an interesting one dan do you have a full-time job <laughs> I I do uh, I I definitely have uh, plenty
1: of work to to keep me busy. Um, yeah, I mean I, I've worked in technology for the past thirteen almost fourteen years now. So I was at Apple for a decade and then have been at Amazon you know since uh, twenty seventeen. So yeah, it's been uh, been a lot of fun stuff. It, it keeps me busy. There's a lot of writing. There's a lot of documentation for what comes next in the the world of tech. And so uh hopefully trying to make the world a better place. But uh, I know not everybody has that opinion or perception of those type of things. And, uh, you know, that's why, that's why I try to keep it, uh you know, the, the one funny thing would be, and maybe, I don't know if you get this, Nick, when you tell people, like, where you work, when, when I was working at Apple, the only thing I got questions about, regardless of what I was doing or what my job function was, was, hey, I have a question about my iPhone. And it was like, only thing i would get and then now at amazon it's like hey i have a question about my package i don't i don't unfortunately work in logistics and i can't check into that for you but i can guide you down the path of where you need to go in the app to get your get your items sorted
2: when i first met dan i used him as tech support so no one feel bad about that um (laughs) oh we yeah we all did collectively oh oh, man we even used him for his discount i mean we went full exploitation on dan (laughs) yeah and, and by exploitation, I mean, I still paid Apple a lot of money for the goods and services that I received. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I work as a, a senior strategist at an ad agency um, in, in Kansas City, and I've been lucky enough to work on some really cool stuff. I just posted a, a kind of a throwback to a shoot I was on last year for, for Gore-Tex on my personal Instagram. If you want to go check that out, just give you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain as to what I was doing. We literally were on the side of a mountain and in a river and doing all sorts of cool stuff uh, for Gore-Tex, which is great. So, yeah, I, that's my, my day job is I do, you know, 40 to 50 hours of that a week and then another handful of hours with this a week. So it's a it's a busy yeah. it's a busy existence, but it's all it's all good, man. I mean, I have no I have no complaints. It's a it's a really good life. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I work for a health and fitness company called Lifetime. It's a national
0: brand. Uh, some of you may have Lifetimes in your city. If you do, let me know if you want to join. Hint, hint, nudge, H- nudge. Hmu, Hmu. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and I, I run a business called Lifetime Sport for them. So we we help train athletes. We help uh, develop athletes in the health and fitness world. And I run the business operations side of it. We have a really really awesome guy who runs the sports performance and. Um, anyway, so that, that's what I do. And I think it, it kind of the, the ironic side of this, right guys, is that, you know, people will be like, Oh, when's your podcast going to be your full-time job? And we're all kind of like, I don't know, like I, I like my job. I'm like, this is kind of the perfect balance. And, and, and so we've kept our jobs and instead we've been able to hire people like Jake and Bruce and things like that to help us. Um, and obviously we have just ever, all of you in the community, Help us every single week put this on as well by submitting questions, by engaging with us, by the talking points and things you bring up. So uh, it is definitely a team effort to put this bad boy on. And how do we handle having to work during Champions League? Not well. Like, just no. being honest, not well. It's not easy.
2: Your, your upcoming Monday match, we're recording this before West Ham, but your your West Ham match at 2 o'clock on a Monday Central, it's not great. I had to take a half day because like, there was just no way I was going to be able to to do both at the same time. I And uh, the thing I was going to mention is uh, we know there are some Chelsea content creators out there doing this full time. Mm-hmm. Boy, the flexibility that that would offer. <laughs> that would be incredible. But, you know, we're I think we're, we're trying to hold it all together as it is, which is good. And we're still producing a, a ton of content. So. Good question. Thanks for asking. I, I know we've kind of talked in generalities about what we do, but we never got the question full on like that. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And there's probably good technicalities. So like, I guess it's a, it's a hobby still
0: for us. We have our full time jobs and then we have the podcast job. Pat, pat, what do you call it? A passion of love or a passion hobby? project? Yeah. Something like that, Nick. I, I forgot how you, how you, kind passion of, explain of it. love. I don't know. Oh. It, it, it sounds like God. a bad like VH1 reality series from like the early
1: two thousands.
2: Hey, I this was about, to reboot it. Night it, at the Roxbury. Yeah, it's what Passion is love. of
1: Love. It's the Courtney Love uh, <laughs> episodes or uh, dating
2: series. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're all over the place with this one. Champions Jake, in the next five insert, years? Question mark. Jake, insert "What Is Love" by Hadaway into this part of the. Day. What is love <laughs> <laughs> OK, Nevin
0: England 99 on Instagram says, do you guys think we could win the Champions League anytime within the next five seasons? Well, Nevin, you got to participate to potentially win as long as you're in it. You got a chance. Knockout tournaments are finicky, Dan. All right. Um. When we did win it, we had the least chance possible, especially with JT getting sent off, Brandon getting suspended. It all it all seemed to fall apart until it didn't
1: so just looking at the composition of the squad you know you you have a lot of players right now under the age of 20 i'm gonna use 24 as the benchmark actually it looks like ben Chilwell's birthday is today or tomorrow on just this assortment because he's 23 365 in terms of age right now um tammy facayo christian mason havertz reach james calomas adoy billy gilmore all included in the first team currently. All under the age of twenty four. If you think about the next five years, it takes you know Callum up to twenty five. It takes Ben Chilwell up to 28, 29. eight, twenty nine. We're gonna have a really strong and developed core of of a side that as they grow together, as they gel, as they mesh. Nick, I I, I do think there will be a window there, and if we we've established a foundation, if we spend. Smartly and acquire the right players and the ones and the twos now that we get in the window to to fill out. I, I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, Brandon's comment about you have to like if you're in it you can win it is not true.
1: I, right. I, I'm sorry.
2: Like I mean, yes. Hypothot- <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Hypothetically, you're right. If you're in it, you could like you know one V sixteen type of NCAA tournament matchup. I guess you could do that, but can you do that for five rounds? Maybe not. Uh the the reason I say that is you look at you know, and I think the Champions League landscape might might change post COVID, by the way. Like your Barcelona's your Real Madrids, your Atletico Madrids who had who had some financial strength before the pandemic. You know, Spain's been hit hard by this thing Italy's been hit hard by this thing you know those leagues I, I mean and some of the teams in, in those leagues so you might see a little bit of austerity in in those leagues which may open up room for the champion for the uh for the Premier League I should say to be a you know kind of 2005 through 2010 kind of dominant in the Champions League again that could be really interesting I you know now is Chelsea does Chelsea have a long-term growth plan to get there maybe? It seems like there's a better strategy at the club. It seems like they're buying the right types of players to be competitive in the Champions League. I, you still got to look at Bayern Munich as, as the model for football right now in, in, in the world. They're not only buying superstar players. They're buying Alfonso Davies, who is now in the world 11 for pennies on the dollar. They're identifying talent. That's incredible. And Chelsea are also doing that. But Chelsea, I feel like are a few years behind them. So maybe the fifth year, for me, like that's how far off I think we are. And that's not a that's not a ne- I'm not being overly negative there. I just think there is a long line of teams to get through before we're at the, the top. Well, I think you just got to get to like the,
0: the upper echelons and then, you know, you, you can throw your hat in the ring for a chance. But, you know, it kind of goes back to my point about Bayern. One of the things that make them good specifically is that wages in Germany are already lower than in England, significantly lower. And then on top of that, if you want to win the Bundesliga title, you have to go to Bayern. Now, and I say have to, I mean, yes, Dortmund's won it, you know. T- yeah, one forward. every eight or nine right. years, maybe. Yeah. But if you essentially want to guarantee yourself a title within 24 months, you go to Bayern. So they have all the leverage. And so they're able to pay superstars, not superstar wages. Whereas Chelsea in the Premier League, you got to pay up. You know, we all know about the TV contract and everything. So, you know, there are, you know, um, you know, intricacies to an English team today competing with essentially two first 11s. And we saw how much money Manchester City had to do it when they went on their really good run, whether winning the league, getting to the semifinal, you know, losing to Liverpool, all those things. But they had a stacked group and they were healthy. So again, I think I like the idea that we have a young, uh, up and coming, promising team that will give us uh, long term stability. And to you know, Dan's point, you splash in a couple of of sparks in here and there, and and yeah, you know, it's it's a potential. I think we'll always be optimistic though about our team. Like we always want to believe our team can win the Big Ears Trophy. So, um, like I want to say yes, but. After this last window and Chelsea signing the players we did, I think there's a lot of intent there. I don't think the momentum's going to slow down, and and obviously more came from our Matt Law talk about like that. He does think Chelsea are going to look to, to unload more players than bring them in this winter, but the momentum is still there, and that's what I'm I'm most excited about. So um, I think though
1: one thing Brandon is also that's a beneficial element is if you know to Nick's point where he talked about the. The growth of some of the Premier League sides, the austerity within the the Spanish leagues or maybe in other international leagues is if Chelsea finished in the top of the group stage, you know, on a yearly basis, what also isn't happening, you know, we also have the beneficiary of not getting having to play another English side through the knockout round, right? So the first round, like you're getting almost a a buy past a a lot of teams that are going to be a little bit stronger if we think that the Premier League is going to continue to excel here too. So that is something that just like structurally the way it's constructed right now, if you do a couple of things right in the first stages, you're pushing yourself into potentially that round of 16 a whole lot easier.
0: Well, I think they're revamping the Champions League in what, 2022, 2023, somewhere in there.
2: If you're counting on UEFA to hold true to its own rules, I got bad (laughs) news for you, Dan. Yeah, also true. Uh, All right. Hey, we're going to take a really quick break. This one's early
0: so we can get it out of the way and get to the rest of it. Uh, We're going to talk about the beginnings of the podcast, our favorite non-Chelsea player, uh, giving gifts. I mean, there's just all over the board here. We got a smorgasbord of questions for you guys. So, uh, again,
2: thanks to the sponsors for supporting the show financially. But we'll be right back. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. That's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply offer valid through December 31st. All right, listen up fellas 2020 sucked. It's almost the new
0: year, which means new balls with our sponsor manscape manscape is the best when it comes to men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels and helping two million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. Dan, what do you think about that?
1: Well, yeah, I agree. 2020 sucked and 2021 is right around the quarter. So, you know, if you want to get that new year freshness going on, you know, they've got the perfect package, you know, which is a collection of items like the lawnmower 3.0. You've got the, the weed whacker to take care of those annoying nose hairs and ears hair. And, you know, I mean, look, they also got other products that you could use, too. They've got a ball toner, right? The crop reliever. They've got a ton of different things. And as we're recording this, uh, we're getting laughed at. And, you know, ultimately, that's OK, because you know what? You have to find joy in this moment and one of the things that can bring you joy brandon can be a brand new package from manscape
0: uh it's true look if you're gonna you know take care of yourself and, and do some cleaning up you might as well do it with the right equipment uh the lawnmower 3.0 it's waterproof Skinscape trimmer reduces the nicks to your two best friends right uh it comes with a shed travel bag keep all your goodies stored together um, Well, I, and, I and brandon the... and brandon
1: don't forget you know the ball is going to drop at midnight Make sure the ball looks good. Good, 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 good with the Lawnmower 3.0 and Manscaped. Use our code London is Blue for 20% off and free shipping on your first order. That is London is Blue, the code 20% off plus free shipping. So when the balls drop, everything looks pretty.
0: All right. Well, there you go 20% off and free shipping with the code London is Blue at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use code London is Blue. Happy New Year to you and your balls. All right, so we talked a little bit about our personal life, their jobs. Now they want to talk about the pod and how it started. So Tana overall, Tana Atlanta on Twitter saying, would love to know that London is blue pod beginnings. How did it all start, the pod, and your Chelsea fandom? So I don't know. I think our fandom started before the podcast. Mm -hmm. So Nick – I know your your entry story, so I'll let you we'll do and how we became Chelsea fans briefly, because we've said it a few times, and then we can
2: talk about the the humble beginnings of this thing. Yeah, my my best friend Joe got me into Chelsea, kind of a short, short and sweet story. I mean, he got back. I think he went to the O five MLS All-Stars versus Chelsea match. So O five it dates me as a person, um, as as you could tell. Uh, but uh came back and we were uh, roommates at college and was like hey man you got to start watching everything here and so got me into it straight away and it, it's been a love affair ever since that
0: is why chelsea come
2: to the u.s on summer tours mm-hmm. dan it's that
0: easy you snap up a bunch of relaney's yep that's it that as one way to do it and i think uh, brandon and i
1: have similar uh a similar stories different from nick where it was a player who brought us in you know i liked watching michael ballack play when he came over from germany to, to chelsea that was it It was pretty straightforward, and, uh, you know, he he eventually left, but I stayed. And, uh, you know, I I think actually that really made Chelsea the
0: beneficiary.
1: That was the extra added bonus of the Michael Ballack signing. Didn't realize they were getting me on a free two.
0: Mm -hmm. They're so grateful. Um, (laughs) I came earlier than you through Petr Cech. um, So that was the Fox Soccer days. They were showing the Euros that summer. Uh, He literally stood on his head was... Out of this world. Um, So as a goalkeeper, as I was playing myself, you're always looking for heroes. And I didn't want it to be Schmeichel because, well, duh. Um, everyone was supporting United and I just wanted to do something different. And so followed check to Chelsea. I honestly had no idea what Chelsea were like or the fact that they almost went bust two seasons before that. Um, and followed them to the first title under Jose, and it was like, "Oh, this team's good. They must have always been good. This is fun. Let's do this!" Uh, and ended up going on like the best twenty-year run, like fifteen-year run in the club's history. So it's been fun. It's been it's been wild. Uh, and then how it started essentially is back in twenty fourteen. Uh, I had a really long commute. I just moved to Minnesota. Didn't really know anybody, and so back then you either started a blog or you started a podcast and I'm no writer. My mother is a journalist. My brother is a journalist. Not me. My dad and I, we can talk. We're talkers. So I was like, look, let's just see if I can do a podcast. Uh, And there was really no American Chelsea podcast at the time, Nick. Um, Obviously, I was listening to the fan cast. I was listening a little bit to the potting shed. I was listening a little bit to the Chels. Um, Chelsea and America were kind of doing one with Beth, but not really. So I just was like, let me throw my ring in the hat or my hat in the ring. I'm struggling right now. and um and had no experience throughout a tweet, and you guys responded, and we kind of embarked on this journey. You had a little bit of podcasting experience, like
2: yeah, minimal. i did I did a a small Nebraska um, football podcast, which you know, was even. It was better than it is now, which is, uh, is wild stuff to think about. <laughs> we thought it was bad back in the day, but boy, it's gotten worse. Um, uh, yeah. So I think that's the, the lesson is, um, sometimes serendipity is, is a thing that can, can happen to you. Right. And it's important to capitalize on those moments when, when you think something could be kind of cool. I mean, Dan and I were the only people to respond to Brandon in his incredibly ageist tweet that he sent out. Uh, just a tremendous ageist tweet. Only under thirty. That's all he wanted. Was a young person, uh, and Dan barely qualified. Barely made it under the threshold. You know, I mean, at that time he was like thirty-seven, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and no, I, like it, it's been it's been a wild, wild ride. I mean, we didn't even record our first episode. Um, you know. Harbinger of things to come most recently with Clayton. Um, And then uh, Brandon got the name of our podcast wrong on the first episode. So if you go back and listen to episode one, you'll hear Brandon say a different name than what the show's actual name is. I don't even know what it was. And then we got we got better and more professional over time. Uh, and, And it's only been, Dan, six and a half years of trying to get better.
1: That's what it is. It's constant improvement. It's trying to work through the challenges that Brandon sets us up with, and you know, we we but just find a way. You find a way to push through it. You know, even yeah, look, okay, we've had to sabotage writer. him. We've had to sabotage <laughs> him to try to just keep him on his toes throughout the Whatever. year. It's only a, it's only a new occurrence, but you know, I think that that is the you know to the serendipitous point that Nick made. It's been incredible, right? To just you know sit. There's a lot of negative things about social media, about Twitter, that don't work out right, that are really, really terrible. And this is one of those stories where actually the it is a hundred percent opposite, a thousand percent opposite. That this was a pretty wonderful thing to come out of just a, a random tweet.
0: So
2: yeah, it's it's been fun. A life changing experience, man. I mean, that's w- what it is.
0: Yeah, well, without a doubt. I mean, when you think about the odds of it, we had never met. We all lived in different parts of the country. We had different time zones and we did the podcast for two years before we even met face to face. I think Dan, I met you in Florida at one point. I think you two had met, but like the three of us had never been in the same room until August, 2017, when Chelsea 16. came to 16, yeah, 16, Chelsea came to Minneapolis. Um, and then that was the first time. So the fact that we've been able to like foster this friendship through this podcast with absolute like complete strangers Um, and then you think of the chemistry of the show and the balance that it works. We all brought something different to the table and we've persisted and enjoyed doing this together. I mean, the, the amount of like reasons why this shouldn't work far outlist the reasons why it should have worked. Um, and you know, we, we do get people who say, Oh, Hey, I want to join the podcast and this and, and we're flattered that they see value in what we do, but we're also very concerned that it's it's working, and we, you know, we don't want to disrupt what's going well because we feel like we've already overcome so many odds that if we keep trying to push it, it might finally crumble. But everything we've done so far has gone gone well, and it's been a ton of fun. And like you said, to go from complete strangers to sitting down interviewing players at Cobham, it, uh, it's been a wild journey, but it's been fun. And we're just hoping to share it with more and more of you out there. And and all we're doing at the, at the center is just trying to build – more like-minded Chelsea fans in a community and 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 you're out there. So thank you for, for being a part of it. Uh alternate support. Stu Logan22 on the IG says, who's your favorite and current non-Chelsea player? I feel like Dan, you've got a huge list of them, don't you? What's your hey, fantasy man. squad look like? Mo Salah captain. Oh, 2020? my fantasy
1: squad is good. It, it has been look, if you're not captaining Mo Salah in fantasy Premier League, I don't know what to tell you. It's just it is the it's the said and forget it. It's the, the stupid easy button to put in. I imagine that Nick is checking his fantasy Premier League team. I don't right have now. him. Um, <laughs> I don't have him. Well, no, there, there's, yeah. there's a reason why you're starting fool. to lag behind here in the yeah, overall right. rankings. Thank um you. you. know, I think it's tough. Um, I, I also tend to index to maybe people we've had a chance to interact with over time. So like a, a sneaky good one, um, maybe that is... Uh, would fly under the radar. But, you know, obviously we support the U.S. soccer uh, efforts as well. And uh, like Crystal Dunn had an amazing last year. Um, We had a chance to meet her and speak with her when she was playing for Chelsea. Um, That would be one who would definitely be kind of the top of the list. Uh, Maybe just one who, you know, enjoy to watch. I, I have always enjoyed watching Lewandowski. I know that there have been times that we've been linked with him previously. He's been super fun to watch. I mean, it's, it's hard not to enjoy someone who just scores for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So uh, it would probably, I, I would maybe throw those two out there. It's just – I don't know if – I I tend to watch too much Chelsea to maybe have a favorite outside of this
0: uh, this group of players. I th- yeah, right. Like, to me, these are always kind of tough questions. I also don't want to incriminate myself and, like, get in trouble <laughs> with Chelsea. No, um – you know, I think I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Mbappe and just watching him grow up in the limelight and how he's handling it. Um, I'm really impressed by him. and I just think he is so, so talented. I mean, he's he is literally a generational player and I think, I think is fantastic. Um, you know, one of my favorite players ever who's still playing, albeit not much, is Gigi Buffon uh his ability to be a leader inside one of the biggest Juventus teams and play at the highest level since he was a teenager I think is one of the most unbelievable things so I love watching Gigi Buffon play because um, he's done it at the highest level for a really long time and again he was a leader the way he carries himself he's an ultimate professional even except for when he got sent off in the Champions League semi-final kind of Ruined that for them. But anyways, uh, those are kind of two of my players. Very opposite and very different, Nick. But, uh, you know, that kind of gives me an idea of of how I kind of look at and view other non-Chelsea players.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I have to look at De Bruyne. I, like, I just think he's incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I hate Man City. Don't get me wrong. I, I wish he was doing it in Chelsea Blue still. But I, I, what that dude can do with his right foot is a whole different level than what other people can do. Uh, like I, yesterday I was watching their match and he put it from the left-hand side, put in a cross with the outside of his right boot that most players couldn't put a spin on if they were going with a natural crossing angle. And it, it was flawless. It just lands right where it's supposed to. It is incredible. Uh, so I, I look at De Bruyne and then you, you guys know, I like a, a hard tackling defender midfielder that kind of thing so you know when I was thinking back to some of my favorites and you know I think one that I really enjoyed during their their Champions League glory when they won three or four straight whatever is uh Casemiro from uh Real Madrid um who is not having a great year this year by any means but uh but was was pretty incredible at the base of that midfield for Madrid um and and that's probably my favorite position on the pitch to watch so that if you want
0: to throw in a female player, too, since Dan did, uh, I love Tobin Heath because she's just a straight baller. Sauce. Just disrespects everyone in front of her. <laughs> and I, I saw the push notification from Bleacher Report. Apparently she had a sick chip today for the Manchester United women. So I'll have to go back and, and see that. UCL draw. underscore, I'm going to call you Nick, all right, says on Instagram, what do you think of the Champions League round 16 draw against Atletico Madrid? Diego... I mean, how can you not get excited for Diego Costa to come back? We've got fire extinguishers still.
2: I'm sure he'll reunite himself. <laughs> you better bring an extra. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I think. I think this is gonna be real. It's gonna be like two legs against Spurs. Like that's how I feel. This is gonna go like under under current construction. I think Simeone is going to definitely set up a bus when it comes to David Bridge in uh, the second leg. But I think, Dan, they are going to try and make it as hard as humanly possible for Chelsea to attack with any sort of flair or any sort of whatever. And you think back to those Conte sides and like the, the matchup that we had against them in the Champions League. We were there for the home match. Conte and Simeone were very similar in the way that they approached football, though with different formations and different ideologies, but they were both ready to go hammer and tongs. It will be interesting to see what Lampard does as an approach with Simeone and knowing that there is just a whole different mindset about football between those two.
1: Well, I think the, the question, too, with the difference in you know ideologies and you're just kind of looking at it, they've had uh, just in – Kind of the La Liga this season, twenty-four goals. So they're getting about two goals a match right now. Uh, only five goals conceded. So they're they're not allowing much past their defense. Stingy. Uh, oh. And also they're. Um, their expected goals full, uh, allowed is 8 so they're actually doing better than what the anticipated scored on is they also are significantly outperforming their xG right now so 15.7 goals expected so they are in a little bit of a, a tear there first in la liga so i mean these are all things to maybe kind of keep in mind that they are a good squad this season they are doing doing the business as it were uh, i do think diego costa even though he's back and this might be the diego costa derby He's only played just like 200 minutes so far this season. He has been in and out a little bit. Uh, I think other ones, you know, uh, Yael Felix is probably one that might be a little bit more concerning for us. You know, he's had uh, eight goals, two assists. Uh, Loriente actually has done really well for them as well as a midfielder, Uh, five goals, three assists. So, I mean, they definitely have some people and and Suarez, right? Like Luis Suarez is there. And that's something we have to kind of think about too, coming back and, and playing. So, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, but I think, you know, with draws, I mean, so what, right? Like you have to beat the best to be the best. And yeah, you could like point the finger at another team. who's like, Oh man, I can't believe that they got, you know, this team, they got a, you know, total like walkover, total cake pop. But ultimately like that's,
0: you have to play the best. And that's what the champions league is about. Part of the champions league is also waiting as late as absolutely possible to play the best. That, I mean, that helps. You don't want to play the best all every single round. Atletico probably aren't the best, but they're tier two. I mean, they're right there. You probably, I probably just haven't watched enough I have not been paying any attention to La Liga to the fact that they're one. We know Barcelona are struggling domestically. Real Madrid aren't obviously where they used to be. So it's like they're probably finding an opportune time to be at the top of the league while it's not as competitive. Um, but they're still doing the business. And at the end of the day, I think that's what that's what's important to, to credit them with. So we know they're going to defend, defend, defend at Sanford Bridge. Um, and so it's just gonna be a matter of us trying to, you know, uh, be up for the fight. Uh, it's gonna be a scrap. Uh, Atletico are just a tough, 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 tough team. Um, when it comes to gift giving, Millhouse is back on the on the ones and twos here. Says, "What is the best Christmas gift you've ever been given, and who is the best gift giver on the pod?" Look, I'll jump into the second one. I don't know between you two. So we do birthday gifts here, and we are are upping the ante recently. So we used to do restaurant gift cards, which were delicious, and now we've done. Unique- you remember restaurants? Oh man, yeah, exactly. Good times. Now we're doing. Uh, fancy bottles of of adult spirits Mm. um so whoever started that trend off because i have the first birthday of the of the year when it comes to the podcast and like in our calendar and like our season year whatever um i got a very fancy bottle of tequila and it was delicious and we have kept that game going so kudos to whoever's idea that was to switch to spirits i think that was a
2: collab idea I think
1: I, I I think Nick is probably the most thoughtful with this. I I would give him the the honors for this one. I think he he was the one who actually kicked off. I think like the restaurant gift card thing. And, it's true. I don't know. I I, I think you know, also has his own brand of Irish cream that, or Bailey's mm. that he delivers out on a yearly basis to friends and documents that and all those friends repost those and he reposts that on his Instagram story. So <laughs> I feel like it just has to be Nick. I think Nick is the winner here.
2: Uh, you know, I, I would say that, and not to be too cheesy, but the the bottle of of uh, old world rye from Whistlepig that I got for my birthday is among the tastiest things that I've ever ever consumed. Uh, and so I know I know that I was probably leaning more Dan than Brandon because of his bourbon knowledge, but hundred um, percent. But still, <laughs> I you know I I don't know. We you, you did get the. Uh... Oh, what did we have in London? Yeah, you guys yeah, you guys treated me to a huge birthday in London too. So that's uh, so, bring
1: deers that uh like that upscale and like Indian. new age kind of Indian steakhouse type of thing. But that yeah.
2: was what really good. what, did, what would what did you have what was the uh the the scotch you had? No, the the bartender was, was kind enough to give me a pour of Pappy twenty three, which is ah. probably about a mm-hmm. hundred pounds an ounce. So, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it was uh, incredible. You know,
1: The bartender. You, the bartender yeah. there is the best gift giver on the pod. Done. No doubt. <laughs> <Yeah>. No doubt.
2: <laughs> no doubt. Um, best Christmas gift we've ever received. Good Lord. What a... Wow.
0: Beating our song Boxing Day. I think. That would be a good gift for this year, sure. It'd definitely. <laughs> I, I'm trying to speak it into existence. I think we've been lucky. We've done like Christmas in, in Colorado skiing and stuff as a family and things like that. So like, you know, as I get older, it's more of like, you know, I'm that millennial guy, I guess. It's about experiences rather than things like that. So um, we've gotten to travel right after Christmas as well and, and be in London uh, while it's all dressed up for Christmas. And that was genuinely magical seeing that town dressed up for Christmas. Um, Millhouse, we need to go back to London and visit Chelsea when it's safe again Over the new year.
2: It is amazing. Oh, it it is amazing. There's so much football. There's so much food. There's some like the experience that you get is incredible. I think one of the best things that we received for for Christmas one year is we went to uh, what was that? It was a gaucho, the steakhouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we went back for for a really nice meal over that period and, and just had a blast and spent way too much money and ate way too much food. But that's a that's a hell of a. meat sweats and red wine oh (laughs) incredible stuff if my blood could be made up of chimichurri you bet your sweet ass it would be i mean that (laughs) is liquid of the gods right there well big nash followed up and said what did the three of y'all gift each other for
0: christmas because he saw your story nick with the how how do
2: you get some (laughs) verleils apparently you're you're not Looking to ship it across state lines, it, it turns out there's like a, a commerce department that uh, that would frown heavily upon me sending alcohol. <laughs> my own alcohol to friends and family. <laughs> uh, they have With not your regulated name and brand on it, <laughs> <laughs> officer. That was not me, sir. This is clearly your label um, and your return address. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, Verlees is a a a mom creation that I have done my own spin on it's uh it's very tasty it's the perfect holiday treat Brandon and dan have not even ever received for yeah. but i i shall make it someday um and yeah it's just like my christmas gift to family and friends you know nice quarter bailey's to go with your morning coffee on christmas that's the sweet spot Yeah, Dan. We don't really gift each other anything for Christmas.
0: We spend so much time with each other. We usually gift ourselves a day off from each other and and Mm -hmm. able to spend time with our families and friends on Christmas. Yeah, that's that's really what it is. It's
1: building a podcast schedule. We're recording on a Sunday for an episode that will drop on Christmas Eve, most likely here, and uh, that way you get content and we get uh, a day to celebrate with friends and family. And this is a group of friends, but. You know, we also uh, you know do appreciate some time to uh, de- decompress as well, and uh, that that is the gift we're giving
0: each other this year—a little bit of decompression time. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. It is a wild time. <laughs> uh, Eric Muggle on Discord, Shane saying, "What's a pandemic-inspired habit, preference, tradition you think will continue for you post-pandemic?" I've probably had the least pandemic-esque experience because i have to go into work for my job so i'd be interested with you guys who really are are living this pandemic in a much different way than i am even so dan clearly you're coping by buying fancy ass apple airpod headphones which look (laughs) amazing uh yeah they're, they're quite nice and
1: uh you know after a decade of work at apple you can usually uh have a friend in your network who might be able to get, <laughs> get you an employee discount so it is not as ridiculously expensive as it should be um yeah i and i think i uh, i've i've started to do more coffee at home which is not something i, I typically did uh so i've uh, invested in a, a hand grinder i've done a oh, yeah. little bit more kind of pour over action that's, that's mm-hmm. been pretty exciting uh, walking during conference calls that don't necessarily need to be video on or in front of it, where you're just maybe kind of reporting out, you know, one or two things and you can take it while you're walking. That's phenomenal. I will totally do that back at, you know, once we kind of at some point in 2021, get back into offices, I will continue doing that because just getting up and moving around from a creative thought process is, I actually think super helpful. So Brush those are probably air the two is powerful. That, pfft, Absolutely. So those those are definitely the two things that I would put in there. And I, I know Nick probably shares the agreement in some of those, that those are things that we will enjoy doing,
2: but he might have a unique spin as well.
0: Well, he's just scoffing at you and you're finally
2: catching up to him in his coffee game. No, the, the coffee, like Dan and I live, on, like if we didn't have coffee, we wouldn't be alive. <laughs> um, so, so, true. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, it's a dramatic improvement in my home coffee game for sure. I got, I got myself a Chemex, which is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found I like out that coffee it. has flavor, uh, which is really cool. Uh, it just it doesn't taste like dirt. So, um, so yeah, I've been investing in some coffees for sure. And then I started playing golf uh, over the summer because it was one of the few things that I felt kind of comfortable doing outside with with friends. And uh, I I will likely continue to play golf as absolutely maddening as that game is, and it is so much more maddening than anything I've ever done. It really it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing. And that that frustrates me. So um, I'll probably keep playing golf. So It's like FIFA, but real life. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh.
0: I think Oh, so one habit that I've gotten into was when the first hit so obviously I work at lifetime health and fitness industry. um, We put out a lot of articles and content when we first shut down back in March about how to boost your immune system. And I actually spent the entire month of April, self educating on immune system and health and you know how food kind of affects us. And I'm not perfect about it. But I do now take daily supplements very religiously, um, just like your multivitamin, your fish oil, uh, vitamin D right now, specifically vitamin mm-hmm. C. Um, and then like later at night, magnesium and things like that. So um, between that, uh and kind of my um my essential oils diffuser to kind of when it gets really stressful, just try to do some things that are very natural, but can kind of just help calm and relax in these moments, and kind of give me the best kind of chance of 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 being my healthiest version of me. That that's something Shane that I've really kind of doubled down on. Uh, ironically, even while working at a at a health industry, we didn't really think about our internal. We're always kind of focused on our external with our muscles and our kind of our physique and things like that. So. Um, anyways, that's something that's been fantastic. And so I've tried to been post more in our workouts, uh, thread on discord. I've been lifting, doing some heavy lifting lately and it's been very fun. But, uh, yeah, if anyone has questions about the, the kind of basic supplements, we've got like our, our core five that we can send an article out that I think is, is very interesting and very helpful right now too. So, um, uh, his second part is if you could watch one Chelsea away match in the future, domestic or European, what would it be and why? So if I can, oh. st- I can stall for you guys a little bit because there's always a, there's usually two options, right? There's one you yeah, I want to go to Paris. I want to see Chelsea play PSG. I want to see Chelsea play uh at the Allianz or you know in 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 Germany. I want to see him play Bayern. But there was a group of Twin Cities Blues that went to Minsk. They went to uh, what Belarus, is Belarus, right? yes, they went to Belarus for an away match, and the match wasn't exciting. But they said getting to meet up with the Belarus Blues was one of the most incredible experiences. They were in a country they never would have been before. Beers were cheap and they were delicious, and the culture was rich there. Um, so I was super jealous that they got to do a home PL match in a in a Champions League away, and they went to something off the beaten path and they, it there is one of the coolest experiences that they'll ever have in their life so um like seeing chad and tj and guys come back from that trip and just the amount of talking you know that they they had about that was that was super cool so um yeah i know we have some plans that we've talked about uh doing an away match and, and shane we've done an away match all right crystal palace away talk about an experience well, that's my number
2: one That's my number one. I mean, I just love it. We're going
0: to try to go bigger, I think, with these, Nick. What's your number two after
2: Palace away? All right, so so I got a couple. (laughs) I got a couple here. Uh, Domestically, I would love to go see – we've seen Chelsea-Liverpool at home, but I would love to see the reverse fixture at Anfield. I think that would be a lot of fun. I would also love to go beat Arsenal at the Emirates. I think that would also be fantastic. Um, Then thinking about Europe more broadly – uh, it's all about the city that you go to like brandon just said minsk cool city great experience i would love to go to slavia prague and enjoy myself some uh pilsners in prague that yeah. would be incredible i would love to go see olympiakos in greece uh there is a ton like i'm part greek so there's a ton of, of cultural relevance for me and then i want to go to the camp new and see chelsea pull off a 2012 upset in spain and just eat, eat it up. It's delicious. Nom, 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 nom. All right, Dan?
1: I think that was all good. I think the idea of going like into into Spain to, you know, play Barcelona, play Madrid, you know, they, look, they they might be on a downward turn of form and in their kind of journey. But look, they, you know, we've grown up seeing them be the best of the best and getting to watch, you know, getting to watch your team go play an opposition on their home turf and beat them. Would be super exciting. So that that would probably be up there in the top. I think domestically, I'd also love to go uh, watch us uh, play Manchester United at Old Trafford and beat them. I think that would be a lot of fun too. I mean, it's just a you know historic grounds, right? Like I, I think places with history, places that have been built up over a significant period of time. Uh, are always gonna be places that that call to me, and so I think that's you know a lot of like the the ultra new stadiums I think are are fun. I mean, look as much as we make fun of palace's ground, like there's also a lot of history there too, right uh, a history of broken toilets and you know games and matches <laughs> that are really exciting uh you know, going to see Fulham play right like that was really good to go to Craven Cottage and, yeah, and see the that type of great. ground so you know I, I think just grounds a super a super awesome history and uh maybe going to beat big teams at their home ground
2: would be where I would want to go. I'd also Naz Naz said Brandon uh, like Newcastle is a must go. Like apparently Newcastle the pubs there are more pubs than people in Newcastle and he said the the match day atmosphere is is almost second to none in 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 football in in England. So I think that would be another sneaky one, ton of history at that stadium ton of really cool people, Yeah, you know, that would be a cool one. Well, I think that's, you, you guys have hit on different things,
0: right? Obviously the bigger, the match,
2: the more enjoy it'll be. Um,
0: the more history a team has more enjoy it'll be. Cause they'll have a team museum, you know, they'll have stuff around the stadium. You can do a tour and it's really, really cool stuff. And then there's the city that the, the team are in and then, and the culture that you get when you go, you know? So, uh, I think at the end of the day, I would recommend if you have an opportunity to go visit a football ground, see a match, uh, take it. It will surprise you somehow. Uh, One of the things that is very high on our list that might surprise you is we want to go see some some Sunday league football or some league one, league two type football. The next time we go back to London, we've seen championship. We've seen a lot of Premier League, but we really want to start to understand what it's like lower levels as well, closer to the grassroots. And obviously we'll go see Imperial Wharf play uh, next time we go as well. But um, again, just kind of giving us the perspective of the grind it takes to get you know up to the Premier League. It's not pretty. There's a lot of grit and sacrifice. And so again, don't don't turn down any any uh, kind of opportunity to go see that stuff. It's it's super cool. Uh, really interesting question here from Ganazagina Thirty says, if you were starting LIBP today, what would you do differently? If you're <laughs> starting it, I don't think I'd do anything differently. And it's and it's is not to be super sentimental, cheesy at all. But like we've accomplished more than we ever set out to be, and from a fan's perspective, we've sat down with players and bent like all of our boxes really are checked. Uh, now we're just trying to see how many more can we do. So like I feel like what? Why would we change what we did? Like look at what we've gone to. Look at what we've accomplished. I mean, Nick, I'm
2: I'm good. Like now we're just doing the podcast for fun. <laughs> uh, I mean the. Cynical answer is I would do more front-facing videos. I'd, <laughs> True. I'd I'd have started merch much sooner and than than we have. Uh, you know, th- there are plenty of things to be critical of. You know, gone on Reddit. What we've done <laughs> 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 gone on Reddit. Stay tuned, <laughs> um,
1: twenty twenty-one.
2: Yep, yep. Uh, th- there are, there are plenty of things that we that we want to do that we haven't done. Um, but I-, I think the to Brandon's point the thing that you cannot replace the, the sauce of, of what has made the show special and helped us grow over time is that we have built an incredible community of, on which to stand on. And uh, you know, when, when things seem like they're difficult or challenging or really, really good and amazing, you know, rain or shine, these people are here listening every single week and you guys are, are absolutely incredible in, in that regard. So the way we built our audience I think is is how we stand out. These are not Twitter trolls. These are not people who who fluctuate between highs and lows with a great, you know, degree of of whatever. It's it's thoughtful, caring, inquisitive, you know, funny people that that exist in this ecosystem. It's the best Chelsea ecosystem that you could ever ask for. So that's that's what we did well and what we would not change.
1: Well, so I actually think I I've got two things. One to tag on to yours, I would have started our Discord Patreon community much, much earlier. Like I think we have built such a great foundation there. And like, I mean, we we set it up, but it has really been built by every single member who is participating and offering dialogue. I mean, I'm I'm learning you know, not not just about football, but like from other things, like there's a F1 channel where I'm like learning from from Nash and others about like different type of history pieces there. So like there's a ton that goes into that. Uh, and then the other thing is probably just swinging, swinging the bat at a couple of guests that we thought maybe were out of reach at the time, because I think what we continue to learn is like, you just hit someone up on a DM, you send their agent an email. um, And it's people are super willing to want to spend time talking about things that they care about, and love, right? Like we brought CJ on from the Bengals and how excited was he to come chat? You know, we've got a couple people coming up in the beginning part of next year. We're going to be first time on the pod who, you know, have been athletes in other sport or broadcasters or commentators. And they just want to talk about Chelsea. Like it's it's a break from their norm, and that's an exciting thing, and so I think shooting our shot a little bit more, you know, earlier on a couple of those things are probably the two the two things that would change, but not not a whole lot beyond that.
0: Yeah, we we definitely waited to do a lot of things too, and I think it worked in in the long run. Like, we we've had our head on our shoulders, and I think that's that's been a huge help as well of of not trying to do things too quickly.
2: Well, I mean, be, behind the scenes, what you guys don't see is that we do. Meetings every couple of weeks to analyze where we're at, what we should be doing, what a thoughtful path forward would be on a new initiative, and like it's there's a ton of work that goes on that you guys don't see, but it's it's all done under the auspices of like what's going to make London is Blue a better show, a better audio experience first and foremost, and then what can we do to kind of expand our little you know our little empire to to other things and and make it authentic to us because. Yeah, we don't we weren't on YouTube for the first handful of years and now we've we've gotten slightly better about YouTube, you know, over time. And like we haven't done Instagram necessarily that well. And that's mostly up to me, um, you know, and we're going to get better there and like things like that. So we're, we're trying, believe me, like we have a thoughtful, strategic approach to what we want to do the rest of the year. And uh, I think you guys will, will enjoy it. All right. Last one from
0: Manny, Mr. Honk Dizzle on Twitter. Top three Christmas movies? Question mark is Die Hard a Christmas movie? LOL. Oh, I think of course it is. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. maybe we can each give one, just like we do three reasons why. I'm terrible at this, so I'm going last. Dan, I know you've already got locked and loaded. You are the movie buff here.
1: Well, I, I already had the three. Die Hard is definitely one of them. Okay, I think go the, ahead. The other two. The other two. Uh, one is guilty pleasure. I think that. Jingle all the way with Arnold is absolutely <laughs> terrible, but still amazing. Like it's just got so many quotables. Where's your Christmas spirit? Um, <laughs> like the, it's I don't know. It, it's it's stupid. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, uh, and then I think uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol is the best retelling of the Christmas Carol story, without question. And it's got Muppets. How can you not love that? It's it puts you it gets you in all the right feels and all the good spots and sets you up for a great Christmas day.
2: Incredible. Wow. What a top three that is Um, leaving some (laughs) leaving some absolute dunks wide open for me to go finish. Uh, Sure. First on the list, you have to have Christmas Vacation. It's an absolute classic. And uh, there are many of my friends who are drinking their verlales out of moose mugs because of that movie. So fair enough, fair play. The second is love actually I'm kidding. Um, that's it's a fine movie. it's just not in my top three. Uh, the second I think would have to be home alone for me. I love home alone and I think that has to make it on second. And then there are a lot of like Christmas adjacent movies, Brandon that people would, probably find joy out of right uh, i think harry potter movies could be classified as christmas movies there's there's christmas scenes in harry potter movies so i would i'd probably throw some like random christmas adjacent type of, of films in there sure uh i
0: definitely am a big fan of home alone uh i, I like that one i i still do thoroughly enjoy elf uh it's very social oh light-hearted. A classic yeah a classic yeah um, but then I, I will go like super cheesy for three and just be like, whatever <laughs> what, whatever brings your family or friends together during this time, go for it like no excuses, no judgment uh, just have the time and and enjoy it and, and spend it with whatever whatever you you know rewinds or reruns that you want to watch and it's well worth it we we hurried around the the fireplace last night to watch SNL. so that's kind of a fun family tradition. But we only need to do it around the holidays because that's when we're together, really. So while it's not a Christmas thing, I guess it's Nick's Christmas adjacent. So uh, anyways, that's it. That's an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for all the questions. All right. You never know what to expect when you get this one. A little life is like a box of chocolates when you do a listener mailbag episode. Uh, but we think it was a good balance of Chelsea and non-Chelsea stuff. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, but that's going to wrap us up. I have no idea when this is going to drop, so I'm not going to plug anything else. So Nick and Dan, gentlemen, thanks for being here. Everyone out there, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Enjoy your time with your family. Stay safe, though. Please keep you and everyone around you safe and healthy. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do? Keep the blue flag flying high.